Welcome to Fuel, the official podcast of Friends Southwest, a family of churches whose mission is fueling a spirit-led movement where Jesus changes people who change the world. It's our hope in these monthly podcasts to bring you helpful information, engage meaningful conversations, and provide moments of inspiration to fuel you as you follow Jesus and care for His church. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fuel, the podcast of Friends Southwest. It has been several months since we have had an installment of our podcast, and I'm very excited today for the episode that we will bring to you. My guest today is Dr. Wes Beavis. Wes and I met just a few months ago, but there was an instant connection that I really appreciated. God has given him a great deal of wisdom. He's a delightful person, and uh, he's using his experience to be helpful to pastors. So I believe that you will benefit from what we're going to talk about today, and I'm glad you've joined us. Wes, thank you so much for being here. Heidi, it's an absolute joy to be with you. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Absolutely. Uh, To give you all who are listening a little bit of um, background, Wes is a pastor, a clinical psychologist. He's a professor at Hope University. He's married. He has two boys, and he has a wealth of experience to bring to us. In his doctoral program, he did his dissertation on ministry burnout. Wes, tell me why and how you chose that as your doctoral dissertation. Heidi, I was called to ministry as a young man. And fortunately, and this is what I hope for every emerging Mm -hmm. pastor and minister, that their first ministry is a great one Mm. because that can set the tone for an entire lifetime in ministry. So fortunately, my first ministry went fantastic. That's it, awesome. It was great. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, oh, this is amazing serving the Lord this way. And, you know, it, um, it, it was successful in the metrics that I was using, mm-hmm. and most of them were good. Mm, you know, people yeah. were coming to Christ, we were having baptisms every week, the church was growing, mm-hmm. building programs, all of that. And so I was off to a great start. Mm. And then Um, I came to the United States. Mm -hmm. So my first ministry was in Australia. Mm -hmm. Um, Came to the United States and my second ministry was the same. It was just wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, it was even more amplified. Mm -hmm. And and so it was reinforcing this thing that, yeah, you know, I'm God's man doing God's thing Mm -hmm. and this is how it works. It just just Mm -hmm. blows up in a great way Mm -hmm. and and it's very exciting. And so my wife and I... (laughs) Then for our third ministry, had this, um, I, I don't even know how to describe it, We're, this inspiration mm. to go and plant a church. And so the third ministry was the complete opposite <laughs> to the first two. It's Planting like, a church is a really hard endeavor. Oh, preach it, sister. <laughs> <laughs> and, and unfortunately, I learned the hard mm. way, you know, and it was like... Um, the first two ministries just, you know, of course I worked hard, sure. but, uh, but the fruit was there. Mm-hmm. Um, the third ministry, I worked like harder than I've ever worked before mm-hmm. in, in my ministry life. And there was, a, according to my metrics, mm-hmm. and that was part of the problem, you know, the way I was measuring Absolutely. success, um, as I was to learn later, mm-hmm. um, my metrics were 
were pulling up results that were just crushing my heart. Mm. And but I persevered yeah. because that's who I am, you yes. know. And I've got there are great passages in the Bible, you know. Do not become weary of doing good because right. at a proper time you'll reap a harvest if you do not give up. So yeah. I'm thinking, well, you know, to give up is the unpardonable sin in mm-hmm. ministry. So you keep the shoulder to the wheel mm-hmm. and you keep pushing and pushing and pushing, even though warning lights are coming on mm-hmm. left, right, and center mm-hmm. all over your dashboard. Mm-hmm. And that's when God really taught me mm. that the experience of ministry, he really expanded my bandwidth. I had spent most of my time in the successful end. Right. Now he um, he just let me push myself into a state of burnout. Mm. And that was heartbreaking. Yeah, and I, I really, I didn't lose my faith. You know, I, I was solid with Jesus. I just lost my faith in and confidence in being being a, a ministry leader. Mm. It, I was actually quite crushed, maybe mm-hmm. even a broken man. Absolutely. And so that set me on a journey of going, I need to get to, to the bottom of this. Mm. Um, I wish I'd known at the time, I wish somebody had come to me and said, Wes, I think, I think you may be experiencing the symptoms of ministry burnout, mm. but nobody did yeah. because back then nobody talked about it. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't even think that anybody had gone to the efforts that I've since made of conceptualizing, okay, right. these are the stages uh-huh. and ministry burnout is something that can happen to anybody. Yeah. And so in the absence of that, I just went full, full on into, you know, drove myself into mm-hmm. a ditch you know, and, you know, doing it for the most noble of cause, you know, causes to reach the lost. But in trying to reach the lost, I was losing myself Mm. and, and, and maybe even, well, I'm just going to come right out and say it. I was losing my well-being Mm. in the process. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's not incredibly uncommon for pastors, even if it doesn't get to the bottom of a ditch that we don't value our well-being as part of our spiritual life. And uh, that is something that I'm super passionate about. And uh, one of the reasons I invited you to be here is because that's a message our pastors have to hear over and over and over, is that your well-being is part of your spiritual stewardship oh, of yourself. You've, you've said that so well. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy that the first time I heard about self-care, mm-hmm was when I was in graduate school. Mm. And nobody ever talked about yeah. self-care, you know, while I was a pastor. Right. And especially when you're the, you know, the lead pastor of a church. Right. And, you know. Um, so you mean graduate school to become a clinical psychologist, yes. not seminary. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Right. So, you know, I was, you know, while I was a pastor, you know, self-care sounded selfish. Right. And it's like, well, you know, that's like, um, we've got to die to self. And that's when I realized that, yeah, dying to self and killing yourself right. in, in are the, different. <laughs> yeah, it's two different things. And I was doing the latter. Yes, absolutely. And, and so in in um, so going through that that experience of being taught as a clinician mm-hmm. that self care is actually an incredible investment in um, in your proficiency mm-hmm. to be able to help people. Mm-hmm. And I wish I would have known that. And it's what Jesus means when he says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. 
It's that sense of if I don't know myself to be loved by God and I don't value and cherish what God has given me to steward, I can't possibly love and help you in a way that's effective. You said that so eloquently. I, I, I needed to talk to you about 10 years ago uh, because as pastors, we're experts in the front part of that. Yes. You know, love your neighbor. Yes. And, and we spend some, we, it's like we take a deep swan dive into the depth of that. Mm-hmm. Love your neighbor in mm-hmm. church. This is what it is to love your neighbor. We hardly ever talk about loving ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's a very good shift that's happening, I think, in the church. And uh, it's come out of pain, just like you. Um, to see that we've run our pastors ragged, but there is a movement that's happening to say pastors have to be cared for in order for them to sustain what ministry requires because they're really on the front lines. Oh, so, absolutely. In fact, if we were to just, you know, kind of take the spiritual dynamic out mm-hmm. of it and just look at it through a business lens, mm-hmm. it's crazy that we have pastors that go through, you know, four years of undergraduate and then three years plus of mm-hmm. graduate mm-hmm. and they finally get into ministry and then they're burning out yeah. in, you know, in like... In, in less years than what they did all their training. So, you know, just through a business lens, right. we've got to go, uh, this Something actually, is not working. Yeah, this is a really <laughs> poor ROI, you know, yes. return on investment. Yeah. Um, we really need to look at this because, um, you know, as I often say, um, you know, when Jesus said that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, mm. I've come to realize that that's still the reality, mm-hmm. and burnout is not helping that right. statistic. Absolutely. Hmm. So you mentioned um, that there were warning lights on the dashboard of your life that you didn't pay attention to. Oh. <laughs> Can we talk about what some of those warning lights are? Okay. Well, for starters... Um, you know, I don't know if you've ever, you know, driven a, a vehicle and there's a check engine light that comes on and you think, oh, my goodness, you know, something, something's going to blow up. Mm-hmm. Well, as, um, as people, God has put, you know, check engine warning signals mm-hmm. onto the dashboard of our lives. Absolutely. But what I've discovered, and, and certainly through my clinical practice, mm-hmm. uh, as I'm counseling um, primarily Uh, pastors and ministry Mm -hmm. leaders, Mm -hmm. is that we are absolute champions at pulling out a business card, writing a scripture on the business card, and then taping it over the check engine (laughs) light, you know, and and all the time, you know, and we're thinking, yes, you know, we're persevering for the sake of, you know, the kingdom and the cause of Christ. And and all the time God's going, hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't you go taping my scripture (laughs) over my check engine light. I put that check engine light there for a purpose and you're yes. using my word to 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 um to override it no 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 right. so pastors i think are real champions at at um you know when a check engine light comes on they'll they'll just they'll just tape something over it and and maybe you know anything from you know a scripture verse or you know one of those adages like, mm-hmm. you know, it's always darkest before the dawn. So if you just, <laughs> you know, um, keep going. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that in reality may not be the case. You mm-hmm. know, it may be like, no, this is this is a, this is not even a marathon. Mm-hmm. This is an ultra marathon. Mm-hmm. So it's, stop, mm-hmm. you know, put a fresh set of shoes on, mm-hmm. you know, d- hydrate, mm-hmm. you know, right. take a rest for goodness sake. Mm-hmm. So it's that... Um, 
you know, I learned from my experience, you know, because uh, I, I called it the, the three Ps. I had prayer, I had passion, and I had persistence. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, you know, that's all you need, you know, mm-hmm. those three. Th- and those three um, factors are really, really important in ministry. Mm-hmm. But, but there are other factors in that, like self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Like being human. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Acknowledging that that you're you're not special, yeah. you know. God hasn't carved out a special, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not going to be subject to the same fatigue factors mm-hmm. as the rest of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's one of the things. Um, just overriding the warning mm-hmm. signals. And another thing. Sometimes ministry leaders, you know, feel that we're the exception. Mm-hmm. That you know, burnout is something that happens to first responders, you mm-hmm. know, police, firemen, and mm-hmm. you know, social workers, and all that. And I think um, you know, my the, the data that I gathered from my research indicated that no pastors are even even more susceptible in in a unique way. So um, to think, you know, so one overriding the warning signs. Mm-hmm. Number two. Um, thinking no, this the the normal rules of humanity don't apply to me because mm-hmm. I'm I'm a minister, mm-hmm. um, and then there's... or just not even being able to validate that being a minister is a first responder that we experience vicarious trauma because we're usually the first or second call. Not even knowing to validate that, even if it's not arrogance of thinking I'm special, it's not ever having been given the framework to say. You, you are bearing burdens that other people are trained for and given different kinds of resources for than you have been. Yes. And and that's one of the benefits of being on a ministry team of a larger church where mm-hmm. you've got uh, a multiplicity of uh, specialists and ministers and pastors mm-hmm. and, and what have you. What I found in my research that um, pastors in churches of 200 or less are more susceptible to ministry burnout mm-hmm. because they 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 do feel that it it you know the buck stops with them right so right. Um, and that's not to say the pastors of larger churches don't burn out mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know when when you're in a smaller church and you're the only one on full time mm-hmm. staff or you know you and maybe a, a part timer then you're particularly susceptible. So out of your research, you've developed sort of stages of burnout. Could you walk us through the stages of burnout so our pastors who are listening can do a little bit of self-reflection or even paying attention to their staff? Give us those stages. Stage one is emotional exhaustion. And that's nothing new mm-hmm. uh, because that's all the studies right across the board mm-hmm. for individuals in people helping uh, vocations, mm-hmm. uh, it starts out with emotional exhaustion. And what does emotional exhaustion sound like? Oh, I just don't know if I can get up in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Emotional exhaustion is just when you just feel completely dry. Mm-hmm. You're drained. Your your tank is empty, mm-hmm. and the reality is in ministry, you've, you get to that point a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes not because you've been going through hard things. It's because, it, you know, things are going great and you've got a lot happening. You've got all the plates spinning and things are exciting. You're building mm-hmm. programs and, mm-hmm. and uh, people to come to Christ, people being discipled. And so um, emotion, you know, being emotionally drained is, is not just facing 
um, hardship. You know, hardship. Mm-hmm. It's it can. Um, the highs don't cancel out the lows, mm. and sometimes as pastors we think that mm-hmm. you know that that we should. You know, if I have great times, that should cancel out the really tough times. No, they both have an emotional draw on you. So you say in your book, when leaders become depleted, their thinking process can be easily corrupted. Yes, if you think um, a computer has an operating system. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I certainly have because I tend to hold on to computers until they absolutely <laughs> don't compute anymore. Um, but they start, um, they start to get – the operating system starts to get glitchy. Mm-hmm. Stage one, when you're in a state of um, – of exhaustion, emotional mm-hmm. exhaustion, then you can move, you know, that sets the stage to move into stage two, mm-hmm. which is an increase in the frequency and duration of negative assessment. Mm-hmm. In other words, you start to think negatively about things more frequently. And when you're in that negative state, um, you're actually staying in there for longer. Mm-hmm. Negative thoughts come to us naturally. Mm-hmm. I think it's part of the fall mm-hmm. of man. Mm-hmm. We um, and, and especially when we're tired, uh, there are parts of our brain mm-hmm. that start to shut down mm. and we can't access those, those parts of the brain that are um, instrumental in us being able to, to bounce back. Mm. And so, and, and that's why um, in, in laying out the stages, you know, somebody can say, and can run a diagnostic. And if you find yourself thinking more negatively and for longer periods of time, then that that's a check engine light mm-hmm. on the dashboard of your mm-hmm. of, of the ministry cockpit. Mm-hmm. It's like So are those negative thoughts, Wes, about anything or particularly about me and my ability? Are they also negative toward the people in my ministry, toward ministry itself? Is it is it discrete negative thoughts or is it across the board? Heidi, that's a great question. And you being a clinician would understand that there are lots of precipitating factors that would lead to somebody being negative. Um, let me just speak to the range. Yes, you know, it great. can be um, certainly internal, you know, the negative self-talk, mm-hmm. the negative like, I I'm don't, terrible at this. I'm terrible at this. It's the thinking, the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. If my church only knew that, right. you know. 20 minutes before the church service and before I'm about to preach, I'm, I'm having a, you know, a panic attack. Right. And, uh-huh. and so you start to um, think negatively about yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then it can be right across the board to, you know, thinking um, negatively in terms of systemic mm-hmm. factors. Uh, like I remember um, when I was just hammering away, and, and just seeming to get nowhere, mm-hmm. one of the thoughts that came through my mind was, God, are you so busy mm-hmm. blessing Rick Warren and his incredible <laughs> ministry that you've forgotten that I'm over here mm. slugging it out in the mm-hmm. weeds and getting, I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, are you, are you embarrassed by me? Mm. I, I, it's just like, I, are you championing him and you're kind of wishing that I would just mm-hmm. kind of, you're, you're a little bit of an embarrassment? You know, that's crazy talk. But when you're emotionally drained and, and when, you, when you just look at systemically, you know, you've got, you know, pastors that are 
you know, just knocking it out of the ballpark and, you know, um, uh, you tend to compare yourself mm -hmm. and you're thinking, well, nobody, nobody's giving me speaking invitations. Nobody's, mm -hmm. you know, wanting to publish my books. Mm -hmm. Nobody, you know, my books aren't, you know, and, mm -hmm. and you get in that, that, um, downward spiral. Right. And then the most insidious part is you start to think, uh, negatively about God, mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I guess I, I gave an example of that. It's mm -hmm. like, God, are you, are, you know, are you off making a cup of tea and you've mm -hmm. forgotten that I'm, I'm just dying here mm -hmm. and I could just, I could do with a, with just a cup of, of, of encouragement mm -hmm. if you could spare it, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so it's, it's right across the board to, you know, thinking despairingly and negatively about your own value mm -hmm. to, um, you know, the whole systemic thing, yeah. you know, why is that church blowing mm -hmm. up and why, um, and then, you know, God, um, why are you not mindful? I'm, it, it just mm -hmm. seems like you're not there for me. Mm -hmm. And so once that thinking sets in, then that, that really s set the stage for going into the third stage. Mm -hmm. It, it builds on the first two stages. Uh -huh, so absolutely. if you're emotionally exhausted and you're spending a lot of time in that negative thinking world, then you start to lose um, your um, emotional stability. Mm -hmm. uh, you start to lose your personal disciplines. You start to lose your resiliency factors. Mm -hmm. And so l let me just kind of quickly unpack those three. So losing um, your... Uh, well, let's start with personal disciplines. You know, so you're 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 not eating like you know you should. You're eating all those comfort foods which mm -hmm. seem to you know help us to put on weight. Mm -hmm. We start putting on weight. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, our wardrobe is being limited to this very you know section of clothes that I wear when I'm overweight, and then we're feeling you know uh, bad about you know how we're presenting ourselves. We stop caring about it, so we're not caring about what we eat. Our exercise regime goes by the wayside. Mm -hmm. um, emotional stability, you know, we start to really battle with depression, anxiety, um, and and sometimes even anger. anger. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember a, a pastor came in to my office and the thing that propelled him in was that, uh, you know, somebody in his church come to him with a, you know, pretty small little issue, you know, mm -hmm. in the scheme of things, it wasn't a raging, you know, forest fire. It was mm -hmm. just a little brush fire. But he said, um, Dr. Wes, it, it alarmed me no end because when they brought it to my attention, I almost bit their head off. Mm -hmm. I almost ripped them apart. Mm -hmm. And he said it, that my, my reaction was so disproportionate mm -hmm. to, to the, the issue and he said that that was a big warning mm -hmm. um, signal for me. Because mm -hmm. and, and when our tanks are empty with that emotional exhaustion, and then the thing that's filling our hearts and minds are is spinning negative about me, about God, my source, even about the people I'm supposed to be loving, right? Then I have less tolerance and I feel more more tired, more easily prone to be angry, more easily prone to be disappointed and... And there's my mood instability. Yeah, you get, mm -hmm. and and that's one of the indicators. If you, it, if you have a start to have a short fuse, mm -hmm. like you're going from zero to mm -hmm. ballistic, in in a, a short period of time, that's that's a check engine light. Mm -hmm. That's a okay. You need to you know you need to put it in neutral. You need to 
you need to pull off this freeway yeah, and we need to deal with this. And, and so a loss of resiliency, mm-hmm. you know, is, is really what I'm talking about here. Absolutely. It's that, that capacity to be able to be able to take the hits, and in ministry we're taking the hits. Right, taking I mean, that's what you know. That's what we do a lot of the time. You know, we're we're in ministry, and and uh, you know, if we're fortunate enough to be on staff and paid to be, you know, we're not we're not paid to you know go around collecting gift cards for mm-hmm. ourselves. Right. We're paid to solve problems, and 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 so that requires resiliency. Mm-hmm. And so when you're in stage three, then one of the indicators is when you're. And you're going, wow, I'm just not bouncing back mm-hmm. like, I, like I used to. Mm. And so you put that on top of negative thinking and then you put those two together. And it's like, I'm just not bouncing back like I used to. Maybe, maybe I need to, maybe this is not maybe for I'm me. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, maybe I misread my calling. And, mm-hmm. and then the result of that is I withdraw. Stage four. You got it. Absolutely. Because when you when you compound all those, right. you are feeling terrible about yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, and and what's more to the point, um, when uh, you know, as a as a as a Christian, and even as a you know somebody who is a ministry leader, mm-hmm. you know, we have we we start to feel that that sense of shame mm-hmm. and it's guilt. It's like, why am I? You know, I, I should be above this, and and we we start to think. You know, my am I praying ineffectual prayers? Mm-hmm. Is God displeased with me? And then see, all this is coming yeah, from is. a um, an operating system Absolutely. which has been corrupted. Uh-huh. You know, it's starting to get glitchy, uh-huh. and and so um, so we're feeling. You know, the problem with you know all of all of those factors stage one two and three it feeds into that shame and guilt cycle Absolutely. and and Heidi you know that when we feel shame and guilt what do we do yeah we isolate or we blame yes yeah and uh, so I, I, <laughs> oh that's true we we go to the back of our cave yes. and then we blame yes and and even God doesn't you know he he mm-hmm. He cops a bit of blame too, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. again, it's all coming out of that mm-hmm. operating system, which is um, not functioning optimally. Yeah, you make a, a really uh, great statement that says isolation doesn't protect a pastor; it puts them in harm's way. Did I write that? I think you did. Oh my goodness! I <laughs> it's a good statement. I, I like how that sounds, and it's very true. Because it feels self-protective sometimes to isolate and withdraw, and it feels like I'm even protecting other people from myself because now I have all this negative self-talk going on. My fuse is short. I'm disappointed with you. I'm disappointed with me. So I pull away in order to protect both of us. But in fact, I'm only making the problem worse. Yeah, because God has designed us. Mm-hmm to be in relationship, Absolutely. to be connected with others. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we might think, and that's one of the things that the evil one, oh, yeah. it will, you know, the, the evil one will it's come. It's the virus he puts into the glitchy system. Yeah, exactly. He'll go, <laughs> you know, you're you're not exactly being a really great Christian right mm-hmm. now. I think it probably would be good if you just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. just pulled back mm-hmm. and just kind of withdrew. And mm-hmm. and when you're in that moment, you're thinking, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But you're, you know, you're playing into one of the evil one's favorite mechanisms, and that is to 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 leverage yes. the burnout factors. Yeah. It, there's this great scene in Harry Potter where 
uh, he's feeling very much alone. And one other character comes up to him and says, you know, that's exactly how he wants you to feel, is alone. And that's, that's a tactic that the enemy has used forever with us, is making us feel alone, and then we choose to be alone. And it sinks us deeper. Yes, because we're alone with a brain <clears throat> mm -hmm. that neurologically half of it has been shut down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to solve a really, really big problem with not being able to access the most vital parts of our brain. Yeah. You know, in a sense, we've we've retracted from our prefrontal lobe. I don't mm -hmm. want to bore your listeners with all the neurology, but, you know, God's made our brains to have uh, various parts and various functions in those parts. And, and when we're burned out, we're generally not operating out of the most sophisticated, sophisticated part of our brain. Right. And we're more in that self-protective, you know, limb, yeah, primal yeah. limbic system, and and that's that's actually not a good place to try and work out the great existential issues of life. <laughs> right, absolutely. So, what comes next? What is stage five? Well, stage five is when you just don't even want to show up for work, mm -hmm. or you might show up physically, mm -hmm. but you're not showing up. So now all this internal stuff is really starting to be expressed a little bit externally. Oh, very much so. Uh -huh. Yes. I've, I've had um, pastors say to me, you know, I'd go to the office, and, but at lunchtime I would just go off and I'd have lunch by myself. I'd come back to a staff meeting. We'd go through the list of all the things that we decided and then this person, this person, this person – may not have made any advancement on what we decided. And I just go, oh, whatever. And just, I don't even have the, the emotional strength to be even to okay. challenge them and to mm -hmm. even care. Mm -hmm. So once you're in that state, yeah, your work is going to be negatively impacted mm -hmm. because you're, in a sense, just phoning it in. Mm -hmm. and, and, and not because you're lazy. It's like your tank is mm -hmm. so empty that, that that's about all you can do mm -hmm. at that point. Mm -hmm. but, but boy, do the, the ministry leaders feel guilty about that. Mm -hmm. So we start avoiding responsibilities. We find that we're less effective, not stepping into things, but trying to move our way around them. Yes. Well, it goes that the part of our brain that gets shut down is the part that's responsible for innovation mm -hmm. and creativity. Absolutely. And so, you know, in that moment, we might go, okay, well, we really haven't fulfilled our objectives here, but for the life of me, I cannot think mm -hmm. of what an idea mm -hmm. to try and turn this around, right. to, to put fuel on the fire. And so at that point, you know, you're, you're not bringing a, a full whole self yes. to the situation. And of course, what does that do? That just makes you feel even worse. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're in such a state that people, people start to sense it. Uh -huh. They go, something's... They feel your absence, even if you're present. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very, yeah something's, uh -huh. something's going on. Yeah. But cognitively, you're at the back of the cave and, mm -hmm. and you're not, you know, it, it takes a lot of courage. And I think when you're burned out or, you know, um, at this point, mm -hmm. um, that's one of the things that you lack. You know, it's, it's just all about 
surviving. Prote- yeah, surviving, mm-hmm. protecting what what little mm-hmm. bit of yourself you have left. It's mm-hmm. it's like I got to protect that at all costs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that's why it's so important, Heidi, to catch burnout on the front end. Um, you know, like if if you and I were, you know, if we went to a crowded mall or something mm-hmm. and, and I said, you know, Heidi, point out the people that are, ex- you know, in stage one cancer, mm-hmm. um, you'd go, well, you know, everybody looks pretty n- normal to me. I wouldn't be able to diagnose somebody mm-hmm. um, in stage one cancer. But if I were to say, okay, um, if somebody who had stage four cancer, mm-hmm. you know, came walking down the way, you could go, oh, yeah, that mm-hmm. even without a medical degree, uh-huh. you could go, that, that mm-hmm. person is really struggling with a health mm-hmm. issue. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, by the color of their skin and, and mm-hmm. the losing hair, I think they might be struggling with cancer. So here's, here's the thing. Stage four is, is easy to diagnose, but much harder to treat. Stage one is hard to diagnose because you kind of look normal. But much easier to treat, right? Absolutely. And so the medical model actually works for the this burnout mm-hmm. model as well. Mm-hmm. If we are able to catch ministry leaders when they're in stage one and 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 two, um, it makes it f- much easier to treat. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, pastors and ministry leaders in stages one and two, they, they've got the you know the great ministry face on, and they're you know um, speaking all the victory scriptures mm-hmm. and what have you and and not letting anybody on the inside know and so it's it's really hard to diagnose mm-hmm. but so part of what I'm doing and what I'm thrilled to be joining you because I know that this, this is your mission as mm-hmm. well is to create awareness yeah. and to say listen these things are and are not to just be pushed aside and tape a bible verse over it mm-hmm. they're put there by God, so that you recognize them and you you start to replenish. Absolutely. It's much easier to find a gas station when you've still got you know half a tank of fuel mm-hmm. in. If you're below the empty mark and you need to find a gas station, you're in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. So Wes, we have talked through five of the stages of burnout. Help us understand if a person listening to this says, okay, I recognize some of those symptoms in me in those early stages. What builds our resiliency? What what can they do upon hearing this? It's going to be different for everybody. And I learned this the hard way because I was hoping that I could identify the seven deadly sins and here are the seven curative factors Uh that, you know, exercise, diet, and make sure you get enough Mm -hmm. sleep. Well, all those are important, but it really is an individual issue. I have to know what restores my soul. Yes. And not only should you know that, but you do well to actually list that down Mm -hmm. in a, what I call a burnout response plan before you actually find yourself on the trajectory. Mm-hmm. Because by once you're on the trajectory, once you, you know, you're starting to lose optimal thinking. Mm-hmm. So if you've done some pre-planning and go, okay, these are the things that I know have been curative mm-hmm. and to replenish my soul. And you just, you, you work down the list and you mm-hmm. ask yourself the question, you know, how long has it been since I've done that? Mm-hmm. How long has it been since I've done that? And you might even... Um, find that there's something on the list that no longer does it for you. And so Mm -hmm. it's an ever-changing list, but we're responsible for our own burnout response plan. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, part of part of the issue is, you know, if we go f- too far down this uh, linear experience of burnout, then we start to lack the resolve to be able to, you know, take a response plan mm-hmm. and, uh, and and to work it. Mm-hmm. And so then we start to get isolated. We think we can push through it. And mm-hmm. pastors, I mean, they mm-hmm. they're really good mm-hmm. at pushing through it. Mm-hmm. And so that just underscores again what we were talking about regarding stage four, that it's super important that you have people in your life who can act like a mirror to be able to say, I see some signs of emotional exhaustion. And also people in your life who come alongside you when you say like, hey, I've hit a wall. I'm tired to be able to pour back into you, to help you think more positive thoughts about you and ministry, to give you hope, to pour some love on you, that this is not a journey we can do on our own. And there will be various people, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, it might be just some people that can bring you some chicken noodle soup, <laughs> you know, psychological chicken mm-hmm. noodle soup. Um, but also to recognize there are times where you actually have to go to a specialist. Yes. You know, if you've got, if you've got a, a deep issue that mm-hmm. is causing you to feel uh, a lot of shame and guilt and or, or anxiety or mm-hmm. depression, whatever, go and see somebody who's been trained mm-hmm. who can help you unpack that. Um, can you heal without a cl- clinical help? Possibly, mm-hmm. but it may be long. Mm-hmm. It might be more painful, mm-hmm. and you might heal in a problematic way. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you go to a specialist, mm-hmm. they can help you heal faster and heal in such a way that you've got tools mm-hmm. so that it doesn't continue to be a problem. Mm-hmm. And I find as a therapist that the times that therapy is most effective are when people have a companion along the journey with them, when they have a support system that is supporting what they're learning and processing in therapy, that I think that's a super important part of our journey as people through through burnout, through even just being able to have resiliency in ministry, mm. is to have those people along the journey with us. Yeah. I would say that burnout sets us up to quit. Mm. And that's not only quit our ministry positions, but quit on relationships. Mm-hmm. Whereas rest sets us up to recalibrate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very well said. Excellent. Um, tell us about stage six as we wrap up our time here. It's when you start to feel like your own worth does not have value. Mm. It's when you start to be confused about your identity in Mm -hmm. Christ. You start to ask questions like, who would want me? Mm -hmm. I'm worthless. Mm. I'm a failure. Mm -hmm. And it's not too big a leap to go from that to thinking about, you know, other thoughts like mm-hmm. maybe the church would be better off without me. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe the Christian community would be better off without me. Maybe my family mm-hmm. would be better off without me. Mm-hmm. Now you think of those thoughts in isolation, you think, oh my goodness, those are highly inaccurate. So drastic. Mm-hmm. But when, when you're in that state, of you've you've Absolutely. made your way through all the you know the five previous stages when you're in that state then then your your brain is actually pumping out garbage mm-hmm. and you've lost your joy those centers are not on online in your brain mm. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You've got, mm-hmm. you're not getting the benefit of your brain operating the way God intended it. Mm-hmm. And everything is set up at that point for you to think despairing thoughts mm-hmm. that are not true mm-hmm. in any way. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's so um, fascinating how when you are, you, you're ultra depressed or clinically burned out, mm-hmm. how rational, irrational thoughts can sound in your own head. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And so once you get to stage six, I mean, it's, we lose so many ministry Mm -hmm. leaders once they get to that point. Mm -hmm. And, and it's heartbreaking Mm -hmm. because, because nobody goes into ministry to burn out. Mm -hmm. Nobody goes into ministry to, to, to be second guessing their own value Mm -hmm. to God or their Mm -hmm. families or the Christian community. Mm -hmm. And yet that's when taken to its, its complete extent, that's where Mm -hmm. uh, ministry leaders can end up. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it's really hard to get to them mm-hmm. because they've isolated themselves so much and, mm-hmm. and sometimes even reaching out, they've, they've put up a barrier. Mm-hmm. And so the key is let's, let's get people, uh, our leaders, uh, when, when they're in the earliest stages, mm-hmm. when it's much easier to treat. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're doing this work and that's why we're doing this podcast is to try to create awareness so that we will be able to recognize the signs and intervene on ourselves and on each other in the much earlier stages so that no one has to get to that really despairing place where they give up on their on their call maybe their faith even the the hope of their life Heidi so well put by you and I would like to add to that that burnout is a trajectory mm-hmm. towards being alone, mm-hmm. alone with your own thoughts mm-hmm. and physically alone. Mm-hmm. And there's one thing that I have through this whole process discovered is that God never intended ministry to to happen when you're in, by yourself, right. alone. Absolutely. I, I think one of the most powerful indicators of that is uh, Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, when he was making his way to the cross. That was the pinnacle mm-hmm. of his his earthly work. That's mm-hmm. where you know all the miracles and all the healings and um, the discipleship of the, the, it was all heading towards that mm-hmm. that pinnacle moment when mm-hmm. Jesus Christ allowed himself to be put on a cross where he would he would have the sins of the world poured into him mm-hmm. and that amazing divine transaction of of his righteousness mm-hmm. in that moment being poured into those who believe. Mm-hmm. So incredibly important journey. That Jesus was taking. I don't know how long it was. Was it was it a thousand yards? Was it half a mile? I don't know. But this one thing I do know: he he wasn't able to do it on his own. Mm-hmm. The burden of the cross, after all that he had been through, mm-hmm. was too much. Mm-hmm. And so, in in came a man, Simon of Cyrene, mm-hmm. who helped Jesus in the journey, mm-hmm. in his mission. Mm-hmm. And I find pastors that burn out generally put themselves in a position where they're not allowing others to come alongside and help shoulder Mm -hmm. the burden. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to say, and I know you're here Mm -hmm. to join me, there is no shame in that. Mm -hmm. Reaching out and saying, hey, I I could do with some help. 
And absolutely, I think that it breaks the power of shame when I choose to reach out. It feels like it's triggering all my shame, but it breaks its power in my life when I choose to tell the honest story of who I am and let someone else enter that brokenness. That's where the work of God happens, and that breaks the power of shame in my life. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, I, I'd say in clinical practice all the time when somebody's really severely uh, discouraged or depressed, do the opposite mm-hmm. of how you feel because mm-hmm. your feelings are going to push you more and more in this d- mm-hmm. despairing direction. Do the opposite of yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And so what you said was, you know, in, instead of moving in that direction of, um, you know, I'm feeling shame, mm-hmm. I just don't want anybody to, mm-hmm. you know, be able to see me in this state, mm-hmm. to break the power of that secret mm-hmm. to say, hey, I'm, I'm really struggling here and, and admitting to your humanity yes. and experiencing the joy of somebody coming alongside you and saying, hey, I'm with you yeah. and we're going to get through this together and let me, you know, I'll, I'll sh- shoulder some of the burden for Absolutely. a while. Absolutely. Great. Wes, thank you so much for being with us today. As we close, I want to quote one other thing from your book so that it uh, just ends us on a note where it really gives people um, a hope and way to look forward. And that is that burnout is totally preventable and a reversible condition. That if you're on this trajectory, there are ways to get off. And if you're in the middle of it, there are ways to reverse it by all of these things that we've talked about today, knowing how to restore your soul, reaching out for help to those who are clinically trained, breaking the shame by having a companion with you, making a plan, increasing your awareness, all of those things, so. Yes, it's solvable, Great. and but not if you try and do it on your own, especially right. if you're on the back end yes. of four, five, and six. Absolutely. It's gonna be almost impossible without, without help, so. Well, thank you for taking your experience and letting God use that to write a dissertation, which then became a very helpful book. I want you to know the title of the book. It's called Let's Talk About Ministry Burnout, and it's by our guest, Dr. Wes Beavis. So those of you who are listening, the first three of you to contact me, I'd love to give you a copy of this book for free. Wes, thank you so much for your work and thank you for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Heidi, thank you for all that you're doing and for all your listeners out there that are faithfully serving Mm -hmm. in the ministry. Um, Keep going for it and keep reaching out. Yeah. This is not a, this is, this is a team sport. Absolutely. And we're on your team. (laughs) Great. Thank you. Thank you.